Hello and welcome to Information Revolution, a podcast for people who care about information management and related matters. Um, I'm Judy Verno. I'm an information architect in Wellington, working for a small company called Metataxis. I'm Michael Upton. Um, I call myself an information management consultant, and I also work for Metataxis in Wellington. And I'm Carl Melrose. I work for Castle Point Systems in Canberra, but my views are definitely my own. So, <laughs> Judy, I'm, what are we here for today? Well, I'm I'm glad to be back after having missed We're the last you're podcast, back too. which I got a bit silly without you here. <laughs> Which I listened uh, to with great interest. Um, yeah, the measure, measuring effectiveness um, episode. And it made me think that uh, I wonder what it would be like if you could start thinking about information management right from scratch, i.e. it's a new organization being set up. Hey, maybe we'll have, after the election, maybe we'll have a ministry of space here, since I think... Uh, I think they want a minister of space. So let's say there's a new ministry being set up. What would the sort of things be that we would want to put in place in order to do that measuring effectiveness? Thing? Well, in order to, to, to create a good information management environment. But that would be a good opportunity, I think, to put things in place that would allow you to measure effectiveness, perhaps. And I was, yeah, I was wondering, because normally we're, we're dealing with things that are already there and how can we make them better? But if you had a chance to start from scratch, what would that look like? And when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, the problem is that um, how much lead time do you have? to this new organised, this new ministry, whatever it is, being set up? Do you have time to do some thinking and putting things in place? Or is it day one and, hey, there's staff and et cetera, et cetera? So, I mean, there can't be staff on day one because if it's just set up, you've got to hire all these people. So hopefully that gives you a bit of time to think about what you need to put in place. But then you don't have all the staff there to help you with your thinking so there's that how much do you put in place without talking to the people who are going to be using whatever it is or working with the information and uh, yeah how much can you put in place up front what are the things you need to think about and I think an obvious thing is what are the goals of the organization and what would success look like for them what is it they're trying to do um, and how would information support that? How do we get them to think about how them, you know, the management, how do we get them to think about how information would support that? Because that could be quite hard, I think. Um, coming at it from the information architecture perspective, I'd be, I'd be in there straight away trying to draw a domain model scoping out what the entities could be, therefore what the information is going to be about, probably. But what types of information are they going to be? What, yeah, what are the forms of, of records that we're going to want to create and all those good things? I mean, I think, I think it's a good opportunity. Think us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity to think about what, what is actually the goal of information management or records yeah. management or whatever we're going to call it in the organisation. You know, what does the organisation actually want from it? 
and I was having a having a conversation with someone recently about data management, and I think there's a sort of, <clears throat> I mean, there's a life cycle to the to these things, you know. I mean, I, I think that when everybody starts out, starts an organization, and it starts out, they kind of know where stuff is and what things are, and then and so they can operate relatively efficiently, even though they're creating a bit of a mess as they go. But then I think you know you you end up you get a certain distance down the road, and you just start to create more and more and more drag. And I think that more and more and more drag is the stuff that we'd all understand. You know, it's, we, we can't find things anymore. You know, which copy of that policy we're we actually operating out of at the moment. You know, it's all that basic stuff. But I think what what the what are the goals of information management in the organisation? I mean, that's the first thing I'd want to sit down and, yeah. and talk to people about. I mean, if it's you know implement the Archives Act, then maybe maybe some of us would be more interested in that than others but uh i i think reduce drag reduce risk and improve performance i mean i i think those are definitely goals that i think a new organization could get behind and i mean really defining the scope of what information management could be as well because i mean if you really are starting a new organization and there are no systems mm. i mean that just gives you a a huge it gives you the ability to start from scratch and if you can define what information management is and you know you can just say that well information management is how we create and manage the the information of the organization and manage business processes and those kinds of things i mean it could be everything from you know okay well we need a hr you know system of some kind we need to hire we need we need to be able to hire and manage all of these people so what's the platform we use to do that i mean it, the, the scope could be dramatically different to what it is now so that's the first thing i'd want to do i'd want to sit down and say what do you want what do you want from us yeah absolutely i mean the the, the tension is that you've got to do something from day one in order to store the information about what the goals are for example you know we've had this meeting and we've discussed our goals oh now what are we going to do with uh, minutes from that meeting so it's a it's a real balance between making the long term plan or it, and and the very very short term plan the today plan as well but yeah absolutely what does what does the organization think information management should be doing for them what do they want from it what what how does it support the the ultimate goals of the organization and of course it depends on whether you're a um, I don't know a policy making body or a um, you know a doer type of organization as to the kinds of things that you're going to be producing yeah I mean it, it's an interesting that the the idea of you know this is an organization that started from scratch is an interesting one because it does really you know but my, when 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 we start when we kick this question around last night, you know, to say this is what we're going to do. I mean, my immediate thought was, well, you know, I mean, you do what you do with if with any new organisation you start talking to. You know, you 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 literally kind of wander around and try and collect problems. You know, that's what you do for an organisation that's already operating. If they don't have an information management, you know, if they don't have an information management team and infrastructure and those kinds of things, um, 
you know, to me, you you kind of wander around and collect problems, and then you sit down and say, right, what are, what are the common capabilities that you know we need to to provide a solution, you know, to to these basic problems that are kicking around? What are the sort of strategic things the organisation wants to do, and then you design something that's you know systems and people and processes and all those sorts of things that um that that can deal with those problems and support the strategy. I mean, I think when it's really just at, when it's really more of a question of support the strategy without having the that base of problems, it actually it's an interesting question because it le- it does leave me a bit flat footed, if I'm honest. Um, I think I'm- I mean, you start with basics like where do we store stuff, you know? But I mean, you know, it was funny. I was going to throw out a tongue in cheek. Oh, we'll just get Microsoft three six five and that'll solve all our problems. But you really are. The comment you made, Judy, sure. about minutes and those kinds of things, I mean, you are talking about how organized people are in the way they go about their in, in the way they go about their business and manage their business. And you know, I know people who are serial and compulsive documentation creators and you know, minute absolutely everything and nothing is complete until it's in a document. And then I know people who you know, they pretty much operate on team meetings and, you know, everybody gets together for a team meeting and there's a regular cadence of sort of accountability around that sort of thing, but they don't really write much down. And so I think which, you know, which one of those organisations you mm-hmm. find yourself mm-hmm. in, I think is going to determine a lot about how they value information management and how they think about it. And I think, unfortunately, the answer I'm going to say is it's situational and contextual. Mm-hmm. Michael, I think I cut you off. I was just thinking, so I guess my experience with this is, firstly, I I did some work when um, we had the Canterbury Earthquakes Recovery Authority, CIRA, when that wound up after, you know, uh, basically it it did what it says on the tin. It was basically trying to um, help the Canterbury region to recover or New Zealand to recover from the impact of earthquakes in Canterbury. Uh, And... Yeah, so I got to see some of what happened, um, but from the outside, it would be really interesting to talk to people who were in there from the start. But it's a classic example where people um, pretty much had sort of a, at least a sort of a, almost like a de facto mandate to do whatever the hell they wanted technology-wise to just get on with it. And so people, I, I believe, were literally using you know Gmail and so on and just whatever so that they could start communicating and so they could start sharing information with each other while systems were being established and so um you know that i I guess in that situation the classic thing that would happen is that um oh sorry i'll wind back so so i've done that um so i was involved in that from from sort of seeing that at the end and what do we do with the records of this in terms of um uh, successor agencies, so like transfer of functions to other places um, that were going to carry on the work um, or needed to look after the records. And then the other thing I've done is I've been involved in two different royal commissions as the information manager. And so that is literally showing up in a room full of maybe only two or three other people. Um, I was really grateful to be there that early and basically go, uh, I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> is that what you want? Um, and so it's really in line with what you're saying. Um, and I, I guess probably more than talking about that first example with Sarah, I think probably talking about the Royal Commissions, what I found was um, that um, 
what worked for me was basically drawing a flow of an inquiry and thankfully an inquiry is very simple functionally you know like what does an inquiry do you know it's it's one thing basically in terms of if you wanted to break it down and function into activities and then there's a few key activities and that's to do with basically um, finding stuff out and writing a report pretty much and you could carve off um, the public engagement aspects as as another part if you wanted Um, in terms of finding things out you could split that up but regardless it's pretty simple um, in terms of it's not there to do many different things it's there for a time-bound thing and it delivers one output really which is you know a an inquiry report and so i found that the key thing for me was that in terms of identifying those problems and things it's a little bit like the um um you know ford's classic thing about if you ask people what they want that you know that, that I ask for the faster horse it's this thing where i actually have to tell people what they want yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i think it's quite reasonable to expect that if you know if, if you're in a you know i hate banging around the expertise word because it sounds a bit overinflated but you know you, if you know a whole lot about one thing you may as well say yeah. hey i reckon this is your starting point and the worst case is that people you know react badly to that and then you find out well what, what did you think we were doing or what did you think you need and you know and it still becomes the start of the conversation um so the specific thing that i did in both cases with royal commissions and what i um often think about more generally when starting a piece of work is principles like saying hey i think these are basically principles we agree about how we're going to operate um so really really basic high level examples of that stuff like um we're digital first like the records of what we do will be digital um you know just just Mm, really basic um concepts like that um it might be stuff like um you know create once share many times those kind of concepts i don't know just whatever that seems appropriate stuff about protection for sure you know information protection um you know we will protect and what that means try and try and get some bullets of what we think that is and then it's what I really like about principles is there's not all the faff about policy. You can definitely, there can be that need to get to policy, um, and I'm sure there would be for an ongoing organisation, but in the absence of um, um, sort of, like sometimes you don't even have the approval mechanisms to actually meaningfully say, oh, well, this is how we're going to get to that formal formalisation of this thing. So it's like, well, here you go. Here's some ways of thinking about some stuff. This is how I reckon we should work. <laughs> And um, almost trying to keep it as casual as that um, and then seeing how people respond to that. I've found that's really, really valuable for kicking things off. And the thing I also really like about principles is principles are kind of designed to say um, these these guide your thinking in the absence of the rules. So, like, we haven't got the rules yet. So these principles will help you make good decisions and they're going to help me make good decisions about yeah. what we do next. So it's something you can do very quickly that gives you some idea of the direction that you want to go in, um, as opposed to, for instance, a strategy or a policy, which typically takes ages, you know, or typically takes a substantial chunk of time. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I should have just stopped. Right. Yeah. Let, let, let you go. <laughs> You're much more sensible than me. But, I mean, that, that's it, it's funny that you say, I mean, because I, in the absence of a strategic idea, you know, I, I 
kind of well i mean that, that's that's what i that's what i immediately look for is what is that strategic idea and then you know strategy policy governance people process technology i mean everything kind of rolls out of that but i love your idea about what are the principles that we agree on as kind of like yeah. the bedrock of i love yeah. that that's brilliant I'm, that's just really I'm, smart I, I totally agree i'm wondering how the principles then would differ from the strategy once the strategy is is developed. I mean, surely the principles will morph into the strategy. To be honest, I, I like I like putting principles in strategy. Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. You know, I like saying. Me too. Know, these are kind of the agreed principles that we work to, and, and and you know, making explicit that distinction between a rule and a principle, like a sort of a, it's basically a should versus must have, right? It's sort of saying, look, you know. This is how we think about things and trying to force people not to work to the letter of the law almost, you know, trying to force people to embed a way of doing stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, but also just being really honest that shit we don't know yet, you know, like I think that's a really important thing about um, principles. Um, but one thing I would say is that, I mean, when an organisation is established, it is established for a reason. And so you've got mm. something in terms yeah. of a goal, yeah. you know. If it's a ministry of space, it's like, okay, well, you're not going to be, I don't know, whatever, you know, looking at food regulation or something, you know. Like you've got, you've yeah. got uh, some kind of an idea of organisational direction. Um, yeah. And and you'll know what your outputs are supposed to be, because that will be written into the formation of the of the ministry or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, and I I mean I liked your thought about the the mapping of the process, and obviously it would be relatively simple for a royal commission, as you as you've just said. Um, but yeah, doing that kind of mapping of well, this is what we think we're here for. How do we get there? What do we think the steps are to achieving this policy or to, um, I don't know, doing this bit of regulation or whatever it is? Let's look at that process and then map what we, th what information we think accompanies those particular steps on the journey. Are created, Sounding very are much created like ISO 154489 section 7 appraisal, my favourite <laughs> section, appraisal. Appraisal. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see I mean, what it's... you mean. I see what you mean. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really sensible way to appraise information, right, is to see where it fits in your processes and go, yeah. oh, okay, well, this looks really damn important. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, you know, and you take that all the way back to why do we exist? It's like, oh, okay, we're holding this really important information on behalf of citizens or, you know, this is whatever. This you know. we've been entrusted yeah, with. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think um, I think one of the challenges, if, if it's genuinely new, is that, People get really caught up and oh, we haven't figured that out yet. Oh, we're not. We don't know. We don't know. And so, I guess there will always be a tension around how much detail you can get into mm. for any given process. But I don't think that would hold us back all that much in terms of how you want to, you know, um, what kind of structures are necessary to, you know, make things run efficiently and effectively. Yeah, I hadn't when I start started this question I hadn't thought about the kind of lead time that you might need to get the technology in place but of course that could be quite an issue 
and there would be, I'm sure, a drive to just get something in, like, yeah, let's just get 365 in. And, well, um, I mean, so I think I think that that would need to be covered by the principles in the first place somehow. don't know how exactly, but um, sure. some level of governance or some means of being able to make decisions along the way. Or come to yeah, come to some agreement about it, even if it's not a final decision, but come to some agreed steps along the way while you're working all these things out. Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes when I'm thinking about principles, one of the benefits I try and push is that if you can get some kind of an approver at the right level to say yeah. yes, then you can say okay. Um, so, do you also agree that if we stay within the principles then we don't need to get your approval basically when we're doing further work we can just carry on and if it if we want to contradict the principles any of them perhaps you know we'll, we'll bring it up the food chain for you to approve it um and so um you might establish governance through yeah. writing the principles that's what i was thinking because you might yeah, say okay that's, that's nice here's a mechanism yeah. And then you can go home. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the, the, the thing in any small organisation, you know, and, and every organisation starts out small, is that at least for a little while, the personalities of the people who are operating the organisation is the thing that drives, you mm -hmm. know, w what mm -hmm. you can do. And, you know, that that's this piece that, that that's kind of wandering around in my head. It's, you know, what what... And this, this was the comment earlier about, you know, how organised are, are these people that we're working with? Because if they're extremely well-organised people who like to document everything and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then it should be a relatively straightforward process to give them something that's well-organised. And, and, and the longer you can keep that going, the better things are going to be. But, you know, I mean, if you get people who operate based on you know, we're going to have a team meeting every Monday and we're going to decide what we do that week and, you know, we're not really going to document it. We're just going to get it done. You're in a very different situation. It's the only thing that... I, I love your idea about principles, Michael. I think that's really, really simple but effective. Yeah, yeah. Clever. Yeah, it's... um. I, I've just found it such an effective way to do something that's the right amount of effort, I think. You know, to sort of, the, it's a great return on it, I guess. You know, like mm. if, you, if you write these principles, you get a real, uh, it's a really clear gain from doing that. Um, you've got some kind of a framework. Um, you've kind of established this thing of like, um, this is going to change. Like, we don't actually, we're not sort of pretending that we're locked in. We're just saying, hey, you know, this is how we want to work, isn't it? <laughs> and then getting agreement on that, and then um, and then building on it. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I guess I may as well make it explicit that I think this is really useful in any context, but it's certainly really good when you're starting out on a piece of work, whether it's um, you know an initiative within an existing organisation or whether it's a new thing, a new organisation. How do you find they evolve over the life of the life of the thing? Do you find they evolve, or do they get replaced by? harder things yeah yeah uh in a project context um 
I had a situation where, yeah, we actually just went, oh, this is all wrong, isn't it, <laughs> about one principle. We'd, we'd established a principle, which I can't remember what it was now. It was something that, like, you know, on paper, as it were, felt really obvious, like, um, you know, we will keep things as simple as possible or something. I can't remember. And, and we just we just realized that the examples we were giving that actually in practice we wanted to contradict this every time. And it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, established governance mechanism, go back to the approver, say, hey, we're going to change this principle. And um, here's why. Yeah. Like it's basically because it's not true. <laughs> it's not the thing that it's we actually working. want to do. It's not the thing we want. Mm. Yeah. And it's not, it's not actually how we work, you know, because it sort of starts to become a sort of a feedback uh or can you can get feedback from it and go oh okay well actually you know seeing how people are working and seeing that it's working well that doesn't line up with what we said the principle was or how we articulated it sometimes it's just that yeah yeah um and it might be something you know as, as kind of classic for our world like um that things should be open by default it might actually be understanding yeah. that i actually we work in an incredibly um i'll say sensitive you know information environment and actually things need to be very well protected and actually that doesn't line up with what we do in practice um you know and so just because it's the received wisdom it's not actually the principle that we're going to follow or that we are following now so let's change it so that it's clearer for new people yeah um, and I should say those principles, uh, this is kind of just becoming the episode about the principles, um, <laughs> I, I, I put them into induction, like show people, show people as they arrive, hey, this is how we've agreed we're going to work with information. Yeah. What I mean, do you you think? are establishing the culture through principles. Mm. And that's what I, I really like about it. It's a cultural mechanism. So just going yeah, back to instead your... Instead of faffing around with technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back yeah. to your discussions then from the last podcast, is it possible to put anything in place at this stage, at this very early stage, that's going to allow you to <clears throat> measure how successful you're being? Do you think? I mean, one just governance already. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm taking from what Michael's saying. Is that is that working? So, if what you're doing fits in with your principles, then that's one layer of. Um, effectiveness, I guess. If you're constantly yeah, testing it's, it's out a a, what you're coming up with against those principles, that's a measurement. Yeah, for sure. I guess it's. Um, I, I think we had a flavour of this last time in terms of measuring effectiveness. Do you want to tie that back to the goals of the organisation? You know, are you trying to measure your effectiveness in the context of? I can see that the organisation's able to do its work well, therefore we are being effective ourselves in, in information and records. I don't know. It's it's a tricky one at the start. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I naturally go towards that thing of, okay, we, we've figured out what we're trying to do as in what the organisation is here for. Um, these are some key processes. How well can those processes be completed, which I guess is like an efficiency measure. But yeah. If, and this is where the the established ways that people work is becomes a really interesting challenge because you know you the the, the basic underlying problem of information management you know you, you get one person to do some work and they kind of know how to do it and they put their stuff somewhere and they know where it is because they've put it there hopefully you know occasionally you meet people who are so disorganized they don't even know where their own stuff is when they put it there mm. um but you know then you get, <laughs> all the time then then you get two people that you know 
need to know where that stuff is and then you run into problems and then you know the more people you get the bigger the problem becomes and i mean that's the problem of you know how do you scale that and i love the idea of starting with principles because at the very least you know you, you've got some kind of cultural mechanism where hopefully people will agree on what that stuff looks like but you know and and the but is you know at what point do do we have to go beyond the way people work and i think michael you you know you said it earlier on you you talked about you know you bring a lot of expertise into an organization well how do you make sure that that organization starts to consume your expertise as it gets bigger and starts to recognize the problems that it is creating because it doesn't understand you know information management as well as you do and how do you get that how do you essentially get people to start agreeing that yeah okay this is the way that i like to work but this thing is bigger than me and now we need to start working together i mean it's this it's funny actually because i've seen it in a number of small organizations it, it's this transition from um in a bunch of individuals doing their things to teamwork and you know succeeding as a team and you know that's when the wheels fall off because for for and you know there's a couple of i mean if you want to go and read there's something people want something to read there's something called griner's growth model which talks about the, the sort of stages that organizations go through um in terms of their growth pattern and it's really interesting because if you look at the you know i i've been in a couple of organizations that are going from these you know sort of phase one to phase two or phase two to phase three and you can actually see the information challenges happening as you go because you go from this very directive type structure where you know you've either got somebody who runs the company and they are very directive or you've got this very entrepreneurial set of people who are all just kind of doing stuff together and all of a sudden the the level and type of organization needs to change and when that happens the way the information is you know passed between people and created needs to change and people all of a sudden have to start talking to each other and saying, well, you know, now I need this information because we've just broken this process into two bits and I'm doing the first bit and you're doing the second bit. And people have to think beyond themselves. I mean, I think that's a that's the that's the fundamental organizational challenge. And I like the idea of principles because I think you'll get people thinking about that stuff, but how it happens in practice and how you can go around and make sure that your expertise is consumed so that you don't, you know, so basically the organization gains from your expertise and it doesn't start to that pattern that I mentioned right back at the start where I was having, you know, data management conversations, you know, you start out by doing a certain amount of stuff in a data management practice. And, you know, if you don't manage your data well, you know, within a couple of years, the the gains that you can get from the analytics start to be eaten up by the amount of time that you actually have to, you know, spend fixing the data and yeah. making sure that you can actually consume it safely because you haven't corrupted it, you understand how it's defined, all of those kinds of things. I mean, I think what we're talking about is fundamentally the same thing, but how do you transition from a three-person organisation where, you know, oh, I need that thing, where do you put it? Oh, well, there's one person creating that and I know they think like this, so they put it there, to now we're 300 people and... You know that transition. There's a lot of there's think, a lot of turns on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, answer is the, the transition will be pretty lumpy and ugly. You know, like we, <laughs> oh, we, we should agree on that. <laughs> you know, we, we can't. I mean, yeah, I just think it'd be really silly to go into that thinking that like we'll somehow 
smoothly go from really small to substantially larger because I just think it doesn't happen because it is hard, as you say. Um, there's a really, I mean, it's pretty much an aside, but that social thing of suddenly shifting from a situation where you know everyone to where you don't, you know, where you suddenly realise there are people in your office and you're not sure who that person is or when they started. That's a, like, there's, there's a lot of, I think that's a really relatable example of how things suddenly start shifting in terms of practice or need to shift because it's like, oh, okay, we can't rely on that thing where, you know, you just go and ask Carl, go and ask Judy, you know, like it's like, oh, okay, where is the bit of the organisation that does this thing suddenly, you know, becomes more of a question as opposed to just, oh, we're all mucking in and there's maybe one person doing each thing. Yeah. That would actually be a good thing to track though, people going around the organisation and saying, oh, hey, do you know where XYZ is? I mean, yeah. I think if I wanted to get a tenor on anything in the organisation, it would be when mm. other pe- people are asking other people for information. You know, right. I'd, I'd yep. want to you know, use my super yeah. invasive Snoopy AI to, you know, anytime someone in the office, you know, utters the word, do you know where? I, I'd want, you know, I, I'd want the floodlights <laughs> to come on and, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to. to go off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ding, you know, like, like, you know, oh, I hear you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, at, right at the start, you could say, well, nobody is allowed to do any kind of um, anything outside the principles or the or or the very basic things that we're prescribing. You've got to do what we say at the beginning to, well, that's never going to work because now you've got 100 people or whatever it is. You're not going to know what they need, um, probably, um, and they're going to need to do it now. So they're going to find ways to do that, which are going to circumvent whatever it is you're doing. So it's finding a way to um, meet that. To to I don't want to say combat it because people need to do what they need to do. Um, in order to get the work done, but and you can't find stop them. Way to, and you can't stop them, and you probably shouldn't stop them necessarily. Um, That's because yes. they've got to do their work. Uh, but yeah, finding a way to to bring that all into the fold to be able to make sense of it and make it part of your official information landscape. That's a real, a real, real challenge. Interesting, no, fascinating. But I think, you, I mean, so, the make sense of, I, I think, you know, you just use that phrase. I mean, I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, how, how do you make this organisation something that people can continue to make sense of, you know, as it as it's at, you know, yeah. two to three people, yeah. as it's at 23 to, you know, 20 to 30 people, 200 to 300. But, yeah, trying to keep some level of control of this and and help it to develop in a managed way rather than, just whatever um, is is the key, I would say, but not not that easy necessarily. Yeah, I mean, control controls an interesting. Yeah, maybe control. I always find control being a, an interesting support, idea. Support, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like yeah. the idea of. Support, I don't know. You know I, I think a bit of control too, personally. <laughs> I, 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 I think there times it's necessary. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to a CIO once, and you know, it was a series of interviews for something I was doing, and um, it would be great to go back and rewatch them because there was a quote in it that that I loved, and it was he'd he'd been very supportive and very you know help and all everything else, and you know he said you know in I, I love the carrot, but in my heart I believe in the stick, and it was just you know it was just this great kind of 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, or in my heart, I reach for the stick first or something like that. Like it was a, it was just a fantastic moment where we, I think the, I think control is a really interesting, um, controls a really interesting idea, but I think any control that we feel like we have is illusory. And I mean, ultimately I think what we're finding out is that, you know, the level of control organisations have over their people, you know, well, unless you are prepared to be that or control that- control over the information flow, maybe rather than over the people. Controlling the people sounds a little bit or too. Yeah, negative. I think. Yeah, but I mean, controlling the information flow. You know, I mean, I've worked in lots of organisations that you know have, have tried to control the information flow, and you know, I've watched the ways that people work around it, and it's just, you know, <laughs> people pick the phone up. Can, you know, they 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 use paper. They, you know, it's. I loved back in the day. I mean, like before all the sort of cloud products and things i remember someone uh working in an organization where they rolled out an edrms that forced you to save into the edrms like stopped you from being able to save to your desktop and finding uh um a let's say seasoned staff member who actually just refused to save after that and just printed and then just closed the documents oh, <laughs> like basically wow. lost, lost the electronic document because for her that was a better use of her time than faffing around with the compulsory metadata fields um, that, yeah, that it's is, that is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, I don't know how long ago that would be. It's probably about 2007. The, the point I just wanted to make about that control idea was just that I think mm. if you are there, I think if you let people make a mess and then if you can go and help them create a higher quality information environment that genuinely makes things better for them, I think you can get a virtuous cycle started where you're not going to have to do that too many times before they're coming to you and saying things feel like a mess again. And I think that cultural mechanism, I think a lot, I think that's a lot of what's um, what we're struggling with in information management at the moment. I think what we're struggling with in information management at the moment in lots of organizations is a history of people coming to us and saying, Hey, we need help with this, you know, records, the information type problem. And we say, great just put it in the EDRMS and a lot of the time what they've, what they've, yeah, what they've come to us with is to say that the EDRMS makes our life a pain and we, and, and we want to, we want to burn it down. And, you know, people will often use WIFM here and say, well, what's in it for you is, you know, more efficiency and, you know, public integrity and, you know, all these great things that you should want. And all you've got to do is put it in the EDRMS that you just told us you want to set fire to. Um, I think helping there. I don't think anybody on this call has that or prop that that sort of approach, obviously, but I've seen it happen a few times. What what I find in you know kind of in the work kind of situations I've been describing is uh, that the, the challenge really is the thing that people have been saying, like that you've both been saying that uh, how to get into those problem solving sessions and how to inject expertise or how to demonstrate expertise and how to. Um, do that in a way that does allow people to feel organised and make sense and you know all these things that we've been saying I guess all I really wanted to emphasise is that it so lines up with the things I find hard or you know that I find a challenge um, and that you know and I think yes that would still be tricky if you were establishing a new organisation um, it, it's um People do naturally, I think, want to solve those problems for themselves in a team and in a new organisation. They're like, right, well, I'm here to do this thing. It's I'm here for the first time, so 
it's on me to figure this out. Like say you've got some policy functions, like, okay, I'm going to figure out how we do policy here. Um, and so how is it that as an information person, I can be in those conversations, I can be shaping them to some extent, you know, going, hey, you know, I know how this goes, you know, like this will explode if we go this way versus um, what you're describing, Carl, of going, all right, you know, over to you, go for it. And then I will come in afterwards and go, um, <laughs> you know, how's that, how's that played out and how could I help you make that better? Yeah. Um, I think in a, in a brand new organization, if you were in early enough, you probably would have a greater opportunity to basically just show up, you know, show up to those kinds of sessions where people are first establishing how they want to work. And then uh, it would be about um, supporting those people or even kind of going away with the action list and saying, hey, you know, this is my job, you know, my job's to go away with these 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 aspects of this i'm going to go figure those things out for you and i'll come back to you you know and it might be as simple as i'm going to figure out where you save that stuff or i'm worried about how um i don't know how you'd actually find that stuff again or i'm worried about how this scales i'm going to go and look at these things you know i, I think the I'll, scale appropriate way to do all yeah. these things i mean i think that's the ultimate challenge i think the thing is that whether you are there for those first conversations or not I think you create. I think you create these problems as you go, because I, I've I have worked in organisations of you know that, that, that were quite small that that tried to organise their information in anticipation of being a, a ten thousand person organisation, and it's just a disaster because people will you know people will not go to the level you know there is extra effort to organise information like that because you oh. are organising for scale and people just won't go to the extra effort. You know, if I, if I could look at any, you know, problem with records programs in lots of government organisations, it's that the same program gets rolled out in a 10,000-person organisation and a 20-person <laughs> organisation. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, how you respond in a scale-appropriate way because the the response will be different. You know, people are going to bring in their own ways of working and there is going to be a way to organise the information they create and need to create that, is appropriate to that way of working and then to the scale the organisation works at. You know, as that way of working changes and the scale of the organisation changes, I mean, you're going to create a mess. And the mess is, the mess, we're not going to think about a mess because it's going to be a well-organised information set if one person is using it and they understand it. But to 10 people who are now trying to use it, it's going to look like a mess because there's 10 different ways that each one of those people can organise their information and wants to. I mean, I actually think, it would be interesting to do some research about some of this stuff, but I think the big, one of the biggest predictors of engagement on this would actually be you've got new people coming into the organisation. What was their engagement with like with their information management team in the previous organisation? I think that would probably be your best predictor of, you know, your ability to engage. I think in the inquiries I've worked on, I'm just seen as the tech person. I'm seen as the IT person. Oh, that's um, which is kind of ideal in some ways. Because in a very small organisation, they're not going to have a service desk of their own or something. And I am comfortable. You know, it's not it's not about being kind of a giant techie. It's more just like okay, I'm comfortable having a go at something and hacking about with some technology. Um, and how do a bunch of these information management things actually surface in practice? It's kind of I'll show you what to do on your computer. And so people might think of me as like, oh, the technical expert. So 
that's been quite wide ranging, really. I think the principles part of it has come out really strongly, uh, certainly for me. And, and and then all those having those first conversations, or making sure that you're at the table having conversations as the organisation grows, seems to be. And if you've got those principles behind you, which have been agreed at the top level, as you say, that sounds like a pretty solid approach whether or not it's going to work or not depends on exactly the nature you know the size and nature of the organization but it sounds like a really good place to start so might be a good place to stop for today and see you all next next time the information (laughs) revolution podcast (laughs) brilliant thanks very much all bye